The Sit With Warriors podcast originated with the concept of simply that. The idea of when you sit with warriors, the conversation is different. And when someone put it to me that way, I really sat and reflected on how many incredible women, women warriors, leaders, heroines, mentors, badass women that I think would be incredibly inspiring for others to hear from. So we put forth this podcast in the hopes of sharing stories of authenticity and of inspiration. All the guests I have on the podcast will share with you real and authentic stories of love and life and laughter, of moments of transition, of moments of triumph, of those moments of aha, and perhaps some of the lowest. But they're all here to share and for us to sit together. So I ask, will you share with us and sit with us? I am beyond excited, and this is an extremely special sitting because you are one of my greatest inspirations for all things magical and wonderful. You know, when I look back at my childhood, you were a huge, huge guiding light. You really sparked that intuitive curiosity within me. I mean, my first reading was done at your home with somebody. My first experience with tarot was with you. You know, the idea of working with lunar cycle and astrology was all introduced with you from a young age, you know, as young as four and five, I remember. Yeah, I think I gave you your chart when you were maybe, what, 10 or 11? Yep, absolutely. A huge springboard, I think, towards everything that is now kind of been seeded, which brings us to the incredible concept of (laughs) seedings and where does that passion start? And for you, I feel like this has been part of you since the very beginning, and I think you've probably always known to a certain extent. I mean, it would seem that way because when I look back 45 years, <laughs> that seems like <laughs> the very beginning. Like I'm thinking back to 1977 and I think that's when I had my first official astrology reading, which was, you know, taking things that I had been doing through my own reading and interest in research and then actually taking that concrete step of saying I'm going to go to a professional astrologer and, and have my chart read. So I, I think I was 19 then. Amazing. And so how did that change that intuitive process for you? How did that change your perspective on all of it, on everything, really? I think a lot of it was it awakened curiosity and and definitely the hunger to explore it more thoroughly. So when I went to have my chart read, there was a couple, there were two women, and they had a radio show, which I guess is is kind of like the first podcast. Right? Yeah, they, totally. They a radio show, and this was, was in the Niagara area, and it was called Ann and Marsha. I would listen to their show, and then I knew that they lived somewhat locally, and then that's how I kind of tracked them down, and then got a reading from Anne, who was actually, she was was quite a well-known astrologer in the area at the time, which, you know, I wasn't really, wasn't aware of that. But anyway, I went to her and had a reading and then it was really powerful and I was just interested in it. It's like, oh my God, how? Like, how do you do this? How do you know this? And fortunately, she operated a, a tea room. How quaint does that sound, right? <laughs> and, Love it. Uh, they taught there. So um, I went to this tea room, which was very 
quaint and had my reading done and it just sparked such curiosity as to, you know, how do you do this and, and what's this all about? And fortunately, they offered classes there. So I signed up for a class. In those days, going to class meant that you, you know, Tuesdays at one o'clock. And uh, that's how I got my introduction to astrology, which gave me a, a really, really solid foundation in what are still really the basic tenets, which are, you know, learning about the signs, the planets and the houses. Amazing. Um, so, I, so I got that basic there. And then they also offered tarot classes. And so I did that as well. And yeah, that that's, that's kind of where it started. And then it's amazing how you then progressed into becoming a yoga teacher with quite a vast educational background in that, and then also <laughs> becoming Reiki attuned and working through light work as well. And then we fast forward through all of that and we bring ourselves now full circle back into astrology. Right. Yeah, I think that at the time, I mean, when I think back to it in those days, I mean, sounding really old in those days, it was the late 70s to cast a chart, like to do a horoscope was really quite an endeavor. I mean, you had to do it by hand. And so it yes. meant you, you were working with an atlas and ephemeris, which is a book that I mean, I still use the ephemeris, but it was quite mathematical and uh, it took a lot of time. And so Amazing. now it's just mind boggling to me. And it's so easy. Like anyone can log into astro.com and plug in your info. And like you have got an instant natal chart. Like it's crazy. It's wow. Uh, it's awesome. So what happened with the astrology? I think that it always informed my life. I mean, it was funny. I was talking to my sister a couple of weeks ago about a friend who we had both reconnected with over social media. Haven't seen her in well over 40 years. And what I remember about her, I know her sign, her sun sign. Like I know that she's an Aries. And I, I remember that about everybody I've pretty much encountered over all the years, all the moves, all the different places I worked, the people I came into contact with, the friends, I'll always remember that about them, you know? is That's amazing. Uh, it, I love it, that though. Yeah. I mean, even though get into astrology more, you realize that the sun sign is is just one very small component of the big picture. You know, there's so much more to it than that. But I think at its essence, it's still really valid for most of us. If we're really living authentically and yes. uh, we're tuned into our truth, we have the essence of that sun sign. Like it's there. So I still think that's really valid. So it, it always kind of informed my life that way. I mean, I had my kids' charts done shortly after they were born and all of that. But then when I retired, and it all coincided with the start of the pandemic. So in fateful spring of 2020, I retired from the workforce. And the question that you ask yourself is, well, now that I'm retired, what do I want to do that sparks my passion? And of course, astrology was jumped right in there. It's like, I really want to do a deep dive. For the first time in my life, I have the time. I mean, I have three children that are in their 20s. And, you know, life was busy. Like, it was busy for 25 years, really. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what better time to do it than during lockdown, right? And then what I found was because of the internet, I mean, you can literally do classes with these wonderful teachers around the world. You can do do it via live zoom but you can also i mean they post their classes these very in-depth classes online 
And so there was just so much out there. And I started actually with just taking kind of a refresher course. And this was a local astrologer who I had a lot of respect for. She'd been a professional astrologer for over 30 years, working wow. every day, making her living by that. And yes, uh, and she, for the first time for her as well, was offering like an online course. She'd always done the bricks and mortar class, you know, and, and she was yep. offering this, this online course. So I did take that, as I said, it was a live Zoom class and it was just kind of a review of the basics, but it really got things going. And then it just kind of took off from there. So since then, I've just uh, taken a really deep dive and I've taken more of an interest in what's called traditional astrology versus what I had always been exposed to was more of a, a, the more psychological type of astrology, which is modern. I mean, in the last hundred years that focus on, you know, examining people's personalities and psyches and going back to Carl Jung uh, and archetypes and how they relate to the personality through astrology and discovering this more traditional astrology that really has been allowed to flourish because these ancient texts from the Greeks that had the influence of Egypt and Mesopotamia and Babylon been um, interpreted and it's been this resurgence and discovery of some of these more ancient techniques that have brought the traditional astrology more into being a little bit more predictive in nature versus personality, psychological dissection. <laughs> Which I totally appreciate. So this, again, I had no idea. This is also really interesting. And so from a traditional standpoint, can you give us some insights into what that would feel like or what that would offer? Because again, I think the idea of going back to more of perhaps a quantitative versus a qualitative concept or having the idea of it being more, again, based on text influence versus on, as you mentioned, emotional or personality influence could be very you know, interesting for many and a different resonance for many who may not have always found that the more modern astrology was in alignment with them in those moments. Right. Well, I mean, I think that with the, the more traditional approach, it's kind of cool because it harkens back to when it would be the king and the pharaoh that would have yes. an astrologer. And their main concerns of the day were things like, are my crops going to flourish this year? Or, you know, is there going to be a plague, you know, or someone going to try to assassinate me in court, that kind of thing. So it really did take on more of a predictive quality, you know, looking at things from that point of view, like predictions and, and timing became very important. And then about a uh, hundred years ago or so, then like I was saying, it, uh, modern astrology kind of took on the, the more of the, tell me all about me. And I do still think that's valid. Like, I think that is really still valid. What I like yes. with what's happening now is this melding of the two kind of like there's, yeah you can really work with both of them i mean a true traditional astrologer doesn't even acknowledge the outer planets of uranus neptune and pluto they don't work with those they, they just work with the seven traditional planets interesting but, but i think that you know the melding of the two which is what i found makes sense for me and there's certainly a lot of fantastic teachers out there and free podcasts and all of that to tap into i love that absolutely and so how has this new sort of passion that's been reignited we'll say it's sort of been a catalyst for this process for you how has it has it changed your outlook and perspective 
I think it has. I mean, I still feel like it's more of like an exploratory thing where what I really enjoy doing is looking at what's happening right now in the cosmos, you know, which yes. is so interesting because it's literally changing all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and it's real time. So what's happening up there real time and then bringing that down to earth. And I mean, there's ways you can do it to see how what's going on right now interacts with your natal chart. Mm -hmm. And, and that would be like looking at things like transit. So how is the planet's movements right now? How are they interacting with my natal chart? And then also that though, just more on a mundane level, what's going on up there? And how is that playing out in the world? So that's a branch really of astrology in itself is a mundane look at the current events that are going on in the world and how's what's going on up in the heavens? How's that influencing what's happening down on earth? So I really, I, I like to look at that every day and see how that, I, I feel like that's playing out and you can see how it's playing out personally and then also more collectively. And I love that. I love that there's also a collective aspect to this. Which brings me into the next exploration with you as as a collective, do you have any insights for us from sun signs or from your own experiences towards 2022? Well, I think that, yeah, 2022, I mean, there's some interesting things happening right now. So the planet Venus has gone into Capricorn and normally Venus moves through a sign fairly quickly. It will usually spend about three to four weeks in a sign. But every few years, Venus goes retrograde, which means that it will stay there longer. So Venus is actually going to be in Capricorn from now until March, which is very unusual. And there is a retrograde in there as well. So collectively, it's interesting to look at with Venus. I mean, because Venus is, you think of the feminine and things that are happening with women right now, even, you know, how the abortion laws are being reviewed in the U.S. And I'm not sure where I see that going early in the new year. I hope it's a, a positive thing, but I don't really know. So that's happening. I mean, another planet that's always interesting to look at is Uranus. And it actually takes seven years to transit through a sign. And wow. uh, so it's it's at about 11 degrees or 30 degrees per sign. It's, it's about halfway through the sign of Taurus right now. And Taurus is an earth sign and things like the home and possessions and food and agriculture. And Uranus is change. It's quick change, sudden change, revolution, turning things on its head. And I just find it really interesting the way some of those things have played out over the last few years and will continue to. I mean, even like things like work and how we've we've changed our concept of work, working from home and, you know, reevaluating the meaning of work in our lives. And, and then there's even just things like the food chain and the supply chain and how that's changing. Like, I, I just find that there's a lot going on with that as well. I should say, it must also bring a, a bit of sense of comfort or some sort of validation in the sense when you can look through this and find there's resonance through the charts, there's cyclical, or there is the idea of consistency coming through with, you know, reading charts and working with charts, you know, in some ways that predictive ability can allow us the comfort of knowing or of allowing the expectation to be what it is. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, the whole thing comes up about that, is it destiny and like, you know, that there's always free will and you don't want to be afraid of somebody saying, oh, you know, there's some really bad energy out there and you should run and hide for the day. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> you don't want to 
get into that, but it's the, the idiom of as above, so below. And it's just interesting to see how that, like I said, in real time, how some of that energy is playing out. And still for sure, I mean, I, I still find it really fascinating to look at people and how their configurations of their charts, how that plays out in their personality. Like I still find that really, really interesting. And I think you and I were talking a little earlier about even with sun signs, which is so general. And I think it's one of the things that maybe gives astrology a bad name where people are like, well, how can the whole world be divided into 12 subtypes personality yes like how is that even possible and then it is so general because the astrologer is going to say well no no what you really need to look at is your natal chart which is like a freeze frame of what was happening in the heavens on the exact minute you were born and right that's going to give you influences of yes your sun but also where was your moon and what was ascending and where were the planets, Mercury, Mars, Venus, where were all these planets and how were they aspecting each other? So it actually becomes really, really quite complex and nuanced. But having said that, what I find so interesting is that I still do feel that they're the core essence of a person and them living their potential in the sun sign is there it's almost like well when you came into this world when you know you fused with the earth grid the minute you were born you made a pact and part of that pact has to do with with fulfilling what's in your sun sign so you can really get it. it's juicy and meaty and you can get a lot out of that alone i and, agree and I people think- will will show those traits, you know, like they just will. It's, it doesn't, you don't have to believe in it. You don't have to believe nope. in it because it just kind of is. It's like gravity. Well, you don't have to believe in it, but it's happening. So I find that really fascinating sometimes too. So I do still really like to work with that with people and even just people in my own realm, like my neighbor who is an Aquarius, uh, she does not believe in astrology. She's very practical, but when she goes on her walks every day, she's a real walker. She brings a garbage bag and she picks up garbage every day when she's walking. And that is, that's Aquarius, the humanitarian, the doing something for the good of mankind, helping society, like, you know, just something as simple as that. And I find those kind of things happen all the time. I love that. And again, I think it's the idea of staying in flow or staying in alignment. When we're in alignment with our signs, I think some of those natural tendencies and as you mentioned, part of your essence just sort of bursts or shines through. You're in alignment with your, for example, for me, my Gemini. Yes. I'm, you know, I'm also in alignment with my Taurus at times. You know what I mean? There's, there's right. different times where you can pull on all of those aspects. And I love the idea that you brought up that we need to look at it as a complete image, not just a singular. Right. You know, looking at all the aspects of it. And so if, if you were going to you know, advise or help support somebody looking into astrology or exploring that, what are some first steps they would need? You mentioned things like their time of birth. Yeah, so that's really key, especially in traditional astrology. The, the time is really important. So I think if you're younger, so your younger listeners are going to probably have that information. So for example, from, from my kids and my two sisters' kids, we have the precise time. Like We just do. We all have it right down to the minute. Whereas I think in the earlier days, it maybe was not recorded quite that way. So for me, when I went for my first chart, I asked my mom. That's There was no recording. I just said, Mom, when was I born? She said, well, you know, she goes through this. I think it was around dinner time. I think it was five o'clock. Okay, so that's what we did. We went with five o'clock, right? Yeah. Um, and then in the n- early 90s, I think it was about 91, 
I decided that I wanted something more precise than that. And how would one go about it? Because in Ontario, we don't have the time on our birth certificate, even on the long certificate. But what you can do is you can contact the hospital. So that's what I did. I, I contacted the hospital and then I think then I had probably mail them a check for 20 bucks or something. And they gave me my birth time which was 5.31 p.m. So my mom was pretty close. Yeah, she was. <laughs> she was pretty close. But it does impact what's happening. So getting the time is really important. So like I said, your younger listeners, their parents probably have the time. And then you can also get it through the hospital. Because even my husband, I was thinking of getting his and like he was born at women's college hospital in Toronto. So when I went online, they still have the records. Whereas the hospital I was born at, which was in a smaller town and my sister was born there too, we were going to get hers and they don't even have it anymore. So they had it when I wanted it, you know, 30 years ago, but they don't anymore. Like they don't have it on my, no, we just purge it. So you kind of have to, I guess, ask your, ask your, your parents. And for some of you, you can, I don't know, maybe they used to put it in Bibles in the old days. Like, I don't know, but lots of different ways. I'm sure. Yes. That's a very good point. So that's, that's a good start. And then, like I said, you can log in now. There's so many free sites. So astro.com, I mentioned that earlier, is a reputable site because you think, well, I am actually inputting my birth time and place. So you do want some sense of security there. And so it's a reputable site and then you can you can plug it in and then there's there's different house systems I mean that's a whole technical conversation in itself because part of my sort of evolution through this in the last few years was changing the house system I used so it doesn't impact the planets where their placement is or their aspects but it does impact where they sit in your chart and so there are houses in charts so it's like a pie divided into 12 slices in each house is a different topic and so where those planets and in what sign they fall is really really crucial and so this the system that i now use is called whole sign houses so even on some of those online tools you 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 can choose which house system you want so it can get kind of technical but anyway um so yeah that's a good start and then there are some again really good books out there and podcasts one of the podcasts that has been so helpful and I'm just amazed at the generosity of the person who runs it that all of this content is free and there's a few years worth of content there is called the astrology the astrology podcast and you can find that you know just search under podcast it's he it's also comes up under youtube okay. and, the per- and the person that runs that is chris brennan and uh, he is it, it is traditional astrology and so yeah it's just a wealth of information if you want to take a deeper dive love that absolutely and so what inspires you right now? What's your biggest inspiration? Well, it still is that I think I said this to my sister a while ago and she went, really? That's so cool. I said, sometimes there's just so much to learn and I'm so excited about learning it that I, I, I'm looking forward to getting up the next day because <laughs> when I get up that way, I know that there's something out there that I'm studying. I'm, the course I'm just finishing up is in transits and It is online. It's not live, but it's a taped course about uh, content of maybe about eight hours. But what's really cool about it is that there is actually like a homework component. And then when you submit the homework, you do get real feedback. 
Oh, wow. Love which that. Which is great. Yeah, um, totally. So that's something that I'm working on right now. And I do find inspiration in it. There's another tool by a place called Honeycomb Collective. And they will send you, it's like a day planner, really. And it's really quite reasonable. And it will have all of your personalized transits and what's going on with your personal chart every single day. But in the, in the format of a day planner. So Oh, very cool. Yeah. Not only is it fun to look at, but then you can reflect and, you know, maybe see what you're doing and how that plays out in your chart and what's happening with your chart for the moment. So that's really fun, too. That's super fun. Oh, I quite enjoy that. And I love what you're doing, too. I mean, I think with your crystals, it's there's so much richness there because some of what you're infusing into them is to do with the energies that are happening in the cosmos. Absolutely. Um, in real time, whether you're, you know, you're tracking the, the, the lunar cycles or other planets. And then also when we're talking about people's sun sign and how they can sort of live out their destiny, they request crystals that are connected to that. So it's like, that's one way I can connect to that energy. Absolutely. And it's true. It's working with them as a tool. And that's something that I'm really passionate about from a crystal therapy standpoint is definitely looking at them. How can we work with these stones, these crystals, these tools in conjunction with, you know, our sun sign or our astrology chart, as well as our intentions? You know, yeah. what are what crystals are you working with right now? Because I know that you are a longtime <laughs> crystal lover. Well, I have one of the ones you gave me on, even though this is not a, a video <laughs> podcast, but it's an audio. <laughs> but I do have one. So it's Aventurine and Obsidian, and it's Ganesha, who's the remover of obstacles. So I'm wearing that one right now. And then I, I love the d- essential oils as well. So the fact that you have some lava stones on there, I think is, again, it's just bringing in that other aspect. And I think in, in troubled times, they really do give you that sort of grounding, you know, and connection yes. to that. And so I, I really like the combination of the stones with the oils. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, multimodal. And you've always been a huge advocate in essential oils. I remember from being a child, you always advocating having them in the home, on the body in different in different ways. I remember that as being part of your therapeutic touch, your awesome hands, as I used to remember. <laughs> what oils what oils are your go-tos right now? Well, it's interesting with the oils because I guess the ones that we've all like I've had around for years are, you know, the typical ones like tea tree oil. We've, I've had that around for years. And then there was one called Albus, which is like for, it's a Swiss oil, O-L-B-A-S, which is like a mixture of wintergreen and peppermint and, mm. and, and spearmint. So I still really like that one. But oils have just taken off. And I really don't advocate for any of the multi-level marketing companies, but I do like some of Young Living's formulations. And I do think, yes. they're, I think they're a very high quality, both organically and energetically. And same with doTERRA. And I do doTERRA, I buy those ones wholesale. But then there's also some other great ones around. Like there's the Now brand from the, the health food store. And I like a couple of sage oils. Are there proprietary blends that I think are amazing? So I tend to gravitate more to the, I don't like the florals. <laughs> I like the yep. citrusy, mint, and also the more grounded ones, like frankincense, the more woody, you know. Yes, the ones what that we do. Which, which ones are you liking? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I use them for therapeutic purposes and for many reasons and seasons. Definitely really drawn to Thebes right now. Thebes mm. is one that, I mm-hmm. mean, that goes back to the plague, right? And in times yes. of wanting to boost immunity, Thebes is one I think that all of us could really have as part of our arsenal or first aid kit. Absolutely. You know, I, I use it everything from a room spray, disinfectant, just for, even as a hand sanitizer. And of course, obviously also for air diffusion, just to help yes. with, you know, yeah. air quality, especially yeah. in spaces that are shared. Yeah. Yeah, so I have a drop of thieves every day. I, but And I, I, I do, again, if you're getting the higher quality, I put it in my chai tea. And yes. I think it's, yeah. And there's so many ways to use them. Like you said, you diffuse, you can use them for massage. Even distilled. Like a body yeah. cream. I've gotten rid of body creams and I just yes. buy oil, like a yes. sugar bar, you know. Yeah. Um, and then put a couple of drops in the oil. So yeah, so that's an idea. I'm not sure how we got on to the topic of essential oils, <laughs> but, but I love it. I love yeah. it. This is this is part of the idea of sharing, though, and have been inspiring. And also yeah. the idea that we look at all different aspects of our practice. And I think that's what goes back to the very beginning. Is you were the first person that ever introduced me to a practice and what that meant to have a practice. And even though maybe yours was not traditional or under a certain dialect or a certain style, I always mm-hmm. felt like I knew that you had magic and light flowing through you and the idea of oils and you know reiki and yoga and astrology and lunar cycles and all those aspects plant medicine those all remind me you know very much of you and of practice and so I love that we talked about all those things today because it very much (laughs) encompasses you and so and I love that and I also love that you inspire that way um... I have a Sagittarius rising. And so I do think that that is the seeker. That's the seeker. And and I think that no matter what, like even at this age, I still feel like I still relate to that archetype of the seeker. And then also the seeker and the teacher, you know, those are the types that I, I still relate to. And I still, you know, get me excited every day as a student, as a teacher, maybe to share some of that and as a seeker. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that resonates within you and has always been a huge part of your path is to share, share your wisdom through that teaching. And as you touched on the idea of being a seeker, of being hungry to learn and hungry to grow. And that's something that I can totally resonate with. And every day I can say I have the same passion is to learn or grow or expand my knowledge base in some capacity or to share my energy with someone who, again, like yourself, has incredible experiences to draw on. And we were talking about your Gemini. And I mean, you doing a podcast is, uh, is a really nice alignment with that with the Mercury is the planet that rules Gemini. And so you working with podcasts, I think is perfect. That's great. It's a you're a communicator. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Yes. So my Mercury communicator, that communication aspect of it definitely can come through. But you know what? I really am more excited about listening. I love listening. This is my, I can say, you know how they talk about what is it taught you in 2021? I would say is the really the joy of listening to the spirit, you know, to your intuition, listening to others, just listening to touch mama to mother earth. Just Mm -hmm. a sense of listening this year, I think was such a huge, huge teacher. So yeah. I appreciate my Mercury, but I'm also really appreciating the solitude aspect too. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. Absolutely. So I would love to have you on as, and I look forward to more discussion regarding astrology and how it is going to positively influence our destiny and our essence. And I want to thank you so much for coming to sit with us today. And thank was, you for having me. This is It was a pleasure. A thrill. <laughs> it has been a pleasure. Absolutely. I send you love and light. Thank, thank you always. You. Thank you.
How incredible. Those are big leaps and big bounds. Through that journey of self-discovery, you know, what was that process like for you? How did that evolve? Can you share with us some of those shifts that may have taken place over that time period? And how did that affect your relationships when you started applying these boundaries? There's a natural evolution in relationships, living in alignment, both individuals letting go of the relationship. You know, how did that work for you? How did people respond to that change? How did that transition look like? Or what did that transition look like? That's pretty incredible, that idea that, that it is okay that whatever I am sharing is not validated. I don't need to be validated. And what does that look like now for you? I love that imagery, the idea that it's your path and that you're able to, again, maintain it. And whoever wants to join in with you, and if they want to join, great. And if they don't, that's okay too. I think that's something that when you are, you know, working with woundings, especially regarding childhood, regarding relationships of different levels and dynamics, we often want people to join, you know, to join us. And often when we're wounded, we're looking to join other people's paths. You know, we want to jump on their path. We're like, where are you going? I'll come with you. This looks like a good time. And when we really start to look at those paths and other people's journeys, we really identify the fact that we start to lose our sense of self that there's a true authenticity that you're mentioning and that you're starting to re-engage with and really appreciate within yourself. That sense of true authenticity is, is incredible. I love this revolution that you're discussing with us. And so where does this bring you now? Where are you at with life, with all this as of today? And what are you looking forward to in 2022?